So this is the, uh, just to make sure you're clear, this is the uh, session on discipline for parents whose kids are younger, uh, on the younger side. Um, we uh, intentionally, intentionally picked this topic for this um, season or this year of Family Forum, uh, partly inspired by the whole Adrian Peterson hubbub. And thought, you know what? It is terrible. Um, but our, our our culture is so uh, sensitized right now to the, the whole area of of discipline and what it means or what it might mean. Um, so you thought it just would be good to take some time as a community and just talk a little bit about that area. Now, let me tell you what my what my goals are uh, uh, for tonight. Uh, my, my main goal actually are, are two. One is to get a discussion going between moms and dads. Uh, my hope is that after tonight, you as a team, as a parent team, would talk. Would talk about some of the things that were brought up tonight. What do I think about that? Uh, how are we doing discipline in our, in our, in our family? What, what's our approach going to be? What have we been doing? Has it been working? What do we need to tweak it? Uh, so I'm, I'm really not interested so much in, in trying to tell you this is what you ought to do. Uh, what I want to do is uh, hopefully start a conversation so you can own something for yourself because there's no one... It's not like I can give you here. Here's the magic recipe. There is no ma magic recipe. There's some principles and there's some tools, but each parenting couple has to kind of figure out for themselves, how are we going to exercise our responsibility as parents in the whole area of discipline? So there's, there, there's not a, a necessarily community right way. There's a number of, of, of things we should be familiar with and have at our disposal. and. Where do we, as, as mom and dad, where can we get on the same page and work together to make this area work? Second thing I'm hoping is that it creates at least some discussion uh, within our small groups. That, that we as parents would be maybe a little bit more free and comfortable to talk with one another about, hey, I got this situation with one of my kids. <laughs> And here's what I'm trying. It hasn't been working out too well. Have you had the same thing in your family? What have you done? Because I think there's a great support that we can be one to the other. I know for me and Mary, I mean, we're on the other end of it now. We're, we're getting ready to become grandparents, which are very exciting. Um, but when, when our kids were younger, it was a tremendous help for us to have other couples that we were in relationship with kind of going through the the young parent thing together, and where we, we could we could commiserate uh, together, uh, but we could also share breakthroughs. Like every once in a while, one of us would get lucky and do something right, and we come to group and say, "Oh my gosh, I tried this! It was wonderful!" And everybody else is like, "Oh, that's a great idea! I'm going to do that too." I mean, that's how we learn as people is by being willing to to share. And I think sometimes one of the things that 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 we're most afraid of as parents is having other people think we're not good parents, especially in community. You know, you want to you want to be perceived as a good dad and as a good mom. And so sometimes we can maybe not not be as 
uh, open and, and, and free with sharing with one another. So those are my two hopes for tonight. Get mom and dad talking about this area. And then within our groups, make better use of, of talking with one another about um, how we're doing as parents, especially in things that can be a little bit more difficult. I am not an expert in discipline. I've got a daughter here in the audience who will attest to that. Um, but nobody else wanted to talk about spanking. And so I drew the short straw. And uh, so here I am. Um, want to do a quick review uh, just to kind of anchor this whole area. If, I didn't bring it, but if, if you can imagine a big circle here in front of you that represents parenting. And if you cut the circle in half like this, you've got two 25% quadrants. 25% of parenting is mom and dad getting on the same page. 25% of parenting is affirmation and affection. So half of what a parent needs to do, get on the same team, love your kids. Then there's smaller pieces of the pie. I would have one piece that I call traditions, one piece that I would call teaching, one piece I would call prayer, one piece I'd call training, and the last piece I'd call discipline. So I'm talking about just one little piece of the whole parenting pie. It's, it's an important piece, but it's not the biggest piece. Uh, parental unity and affirmation and love, much bigger, much more important. Um, so we're going to talk about this, and then we'll, and we'll probably talk about it again three or four years from now. So pay close attention. A um, couple of scriptures just to kind of anchor us. We want to always be anchored in the, in the scriptures. Uh, we're commanded to raise our children in the Lord as parents. And our children are commanded to obey us. Uh, Ephesians 6, children obey your parents in the Lord. It was one of the first scriptures I had Claire memorize. <laughs> For that is what is expected of you. Honor your father and mother is the first commandment to carry a promise with it. Fathers, do not anger your children. Bring them up with the training and instruction befitting the Lord. Effective parents understand that parenthood is not an elected office. Your kids did not vote you into office. You were God appointed. And he has given you as mothers and fathers a great gift and a great responsibility. Raise these young men and women as saints, missionaries, and martyrs. You have a right to be obeyed. And you have a responsibility to teach your children how to respect your authority. Because as they, as they respect your authority, it teaches them then how to respect the more important authority, which is, of course, uh, God himself. Raising children is a, is a full-time responsibility. Deuteron Deuteronomy chapter 6. Right after God communicated the great commandment to the people, love the Lord your God with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. He said this, take to heart these words which I enjoin on you today, drill them into your children. Speak of them at home and abroad, whether you are at rest uh, or busy. Um, it's a full-time job. 
We talked about this a couple of sessions ago on the um, raising other-centered kids in a selfie world and the whole phenomena that we have in our culture today of child-centered parenting that a whole host of parents tend to want to see themselves as their kids' friends rather than as their mother and their father. And it's interesting, uh, Pope Francis just two days ago talked on the same thing. I think he must have gone onto our website. <laughs> but he was given a, one of his general audiences and he was talking about, particularly about fathers. And this is, this is a, a, just a, a one sentence quote. I'm sorry, two sentences. At times, it seems as if fathers are not sure what position they should occupy in the family. And so, they abstain, they withdraw, and neglect the responsibilities, possibly seeking refuge in the improbable relationship of parity with their children. Um, it's a great quote. The Lord holds us responsible for training our kids. We have a great story in 1 Samuel. We all, we've all, we all know that story. Remember the story where e, um, Samuel comes out and says to Eli, Eli, did you call me? And Eli says, no, I didn't call you. So Eli goes back, or Samuel goes back to bed. He wakes back up again. Eli, did you call me? And Eli says, no, I didn't call you. And then, he, then Eli figures out, hey, next time you hear the voice, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Remember that story? Do you know what the Lord said to Samuel when he spoke? We never read, the, we never read to the end of the story. So, so Samuel goes back to bed, and the Lord wakes him up to give him a message. And here's the message. It was a message that Samuel was supposed to give to Eli. I announced to him that I am condemning his family once and for all because of this crime. Though he knew his sons were blaspheming God, he did not reprove them. I bet you Eli thought to himself, why did I ever tell Samuel <laughs> to say, speak, Lord, your servant's listening. You know, that, that as a parent, we take on tremendous responsibility. Um, and we're responsible for our children's welfare. Certainly their, their physical wel welfare, and the state holds us responsible to that, but we're also responsible for their spiritual warfare, welfare. And, and, and God holds us responsible for that. And in fact, and this is something that I don't think most of us think about until we get older, you will even answer to your own children when they're older. When your kids are older, they're gonna vote up or down about you as a dad and a mother. And one of the most heartwarming and inspiring things to hear from your kids when they're in their 20s is, Dad, Mom, thank you for how you raised me. I didn't always agree with you, didn't always like you, but now that I'm older and I see how other people have grown up and I see other kids, I am so grateful. And that's something that I think all of us can and should hear if we continue to do our best to raise our kids in the Lord.
Parental training deals not only with actions, but with the heart and the will. We're not just interested in getting our kids to conform behavior. We want them to have their heart right. Proverbs, folly is close to the heart of the child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him. We, we want to help. We discipline our kids when they're small, so they learn to discipline themselves when they're older. We're really trying to help teach them self-mastery so they don't need mom and dad telling them what to do or what to avoid. But that is in, it's coming from the inside uh, out. And of course, uh, the famous scripture from Hebrews that talks about discipline as being a, a positive thing. Discipline, discipline rightly, rightly done is love. Now our culture would not, would not buy that. But, but that's the biblical truth, that, that discipline, rightly done, is love. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor lose courage when you are punished by him. For the Lord disciplines him whom he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Discipline is an expression of love and commitment. Why would we ever want to discipline our kids unless we love them and we're committed to their best? And discipline isn't just the punishment stuff that we sometimes do. Discipline is training, it's correction, it's consequences, it's example, and at times, corrective action. When we hear the word discipline, you know, most of us think of something bad, like, you know, being grounded, or having a time out, or getting spanked. That's just a small piece of discipline. Discipline really entails us teaching and training and being repetitive and going over something again and again and again, really trying to help our, our sons and daughters grasp how it is to live as a, as a human being, as a son, a daughter of God. Now, effective discipline requires planning and patience. And that's why my hope is to get a conversation started amongst you as, as moms and dads. We, we should have a plan as parents for how we want to discipline and how we're going to discipline our children as different situations arise. James Stenson uses the term uh, affection, affectionate assertiveness. I think it's a kind of a, a cool term. Affectionate assertiveness. He talks about the importance of asserting correct conduct and attitudes by our example, our actions, and our words. So we need to give good example. We need to train and teach both how we live and how, how we speak and do it assertively with some confidence at the same time being unfailingly affectionate uh, with our kids. Because our goal in any kind of corrective parenting we do is to correct the fault but not the person. But at times that means risking being temporarily unpopular in order to help our children gain something that they're going to need for their future. 
most of our interactions with our kids should be affectionate. Discipline, especially, especially corrective discipline, should be not the norm. If all we're doing is disciplining our kids all the time, something's out of whack. And, 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 we, and we need to refocus. Most of our interaction, most of our normal interaction with them um, should be filled with plenty of affection and affirmation. As parents, we want to choose our battlegrounds. Uh, don't scatter your resources trying to correct every little thing that your kids might be doing wrong. Uh, Mary and I found it very helpful to kind of put things in categories. Um, things that we think are, are minor, I would call them minor infractions or, or small slip-ups. You know, it's, it's the things that, that, just, that kids do because they're inexperienced, they're thoughtless, at times they're recklessly impulsive, like tracking mud through the living room, um, throwing missiles uh, across the dining room, uh, noisy roughhousing, forgetting, that is honestly forgetting, to do their chores, failing to put things away. I mean, kids just do immature, irresponsible, childish things because they're irresponsible, childish people. And quite, quite honestly, you will drive your kids away from you and you'll drive yourself nuts if you, do try, if you try to correct every one of those little insignificant things. You more want to look at it, those kind of infractions are, are kind of like on an assembly line. Like if you were making widgets and you were quality control, you don't pick up every widget to make sure it's good. You, you just pick up a few. Every once in a while you pick one up. Oh, yep, oh, good, we're on track. <coughs> nope, not so good. Let's make a little correction. Um, you, you don't want to you, you don't want to take the discipline thing to the extreme of every little thing I'm going to crack down on. It's just, it's not worth it. So you've, you've got to decide as parents, what are those things that we're just going to put up with for a while? Some of those things they just grow out of. Some of them they'll learn by watching you and by watching their brothers and sisters. But what are those things that, you know what, we're just going to let it go. It's not that big a deal. Second category are things that are a little bit more major more of a major infraction. Um, most likely where they're infringing on somebody else's rights, like calling their brother or sister a bad name, uh, taking someone's stuff without asking, uh, being too physically aggressive uh, with their little sister, um, refusing to give or accept an apology, uh, Using a dirty word. Um, those are probably a little bit more severe than tracking mud through the carpet. And so those are the kinds of things we probably want to make some response to as parents. We want to have a plan for when our kids are doing those types of things, how are we going to instruct them? How are we going to, to discipline them? And those are the kinds of things we probably ought to discipline pretty much every time, somehow. Because it's, they're more serious. But then you should have a third category, which are, are kind of like your, your most serious infractions, 
these are, are like the, you do this and you get the death sentence type of an offense. Um, and those should be very few. Um, for us, I'd put them in two categories. One category would be if they're doing something where they're endangering themselves or somebody else, I need to respond pretty aggressively. So, running in front of cars, juggling kitchen knives, <laughs> sticking screwdrivers into electrical sockets, lighting the cat on fire. <laughs> Th those, those types of, those are the kind of things where kids could actually kill themselves or somebody else. Those things, as parents, we, wanna, we, wanna, we, we need to be on top of those things uh, pretty, pretty aggressively. Um, the, other, the other side of that, or equally important, would be when they do things that, that really uh, insult the basic concept of respect for rightful authority and, and the importance of personal integrity. Um, if our kids show blatant disrespect to mom, um, if they boldly defy your authority, uh, if they deliberately lie to you, especially after you've asked them to tell you the truth, um, those are the kinds of things that, again, we want to have a plan. When those happen, how are we going to respond? We don't want to respond impulsively. Dads, you should know now if your son calls his mother a big poopy, <laughs> what are you going to do? You, don't, you should have it all planned out. What's your response going to be? Because it's going to happen, and, and poopy might be the the lesser of the words they choose sometimes. So one of the things I want to encourage you to talk about as parents is what are the things in our family that are really going to be the, the more punishable offenses? When these things happen, we're going to act and we're going to act pretty aggressively. And what are the things that we're going to let, we're not going to get all bent out of shape with? Um, okay. The next thing we want to talk, I want to talk a little bit about is the importance of having uh, what I would call a, a variety of, of methods of discipline, a, a, a discipline toolbox. Most of us have garages. How many guys have a garage? Most of us, okay. How many guys have a shovel in a garage? Two shovels? Three? Yeah, four? We have different shovels, right? Because you need, you need different shovels for different things. In my, I, counted in my, I counted in my garage before I came tonight. I got 10 shovels. <laughs> 10 shovels. I got three shovels that are snow shovels. I've got one that's my, my scooper where I can get a lot of snow. But then I got the metal one that gets the, gets the sidewalk looking just perfectly clear. And then I got a crappy one that I let Mary, Mary use. <laughs> 
And then I got a, a little ice scraper. Now I'm not sure if that counts as a shovel or not, but I'm going to count it as a shovel. Then I got a big spade. Then I got one of those square shovels. I've got a coal shovel. I'm not sure why, but I've got one. <laughs> I have two garden shovels, garden, you know, those little gardening shovels. And then my favorite is I've got that little thing that you use to poke and get dandelions out. You know what I mean? It's got that little forky end. You, you know. Why do I have all those shovels? Because I need a different shovel for a different thing, right? When I'm going to take out a dandelion out of my yard, I don't bring my spade. That's overkill. And I don't use my snow shovel either. That's useless. I take that pokey thing. And it's the same with discipline. We, we don't want to have just one way to discipline our kids. We want to have a, a, a well-rounded toolbox because a different discipline tool will be more helpful for certain uh, times in, in our lives and in their lives. So we want to have a, a variety of methods. It's, it's important to have a variety of methods for a couple of reasons. One, not, not every tool works for every situation. Secondly, every kid is different. What works with one kid may not work with the, with the next one. I wish that was not the case. I wish that if you got your first one right, then it was clear sailing, but it wasn't like that. Different kids respond differently. And if, if by chance you have a child with special needs or a learning disability, they're going to respond differently than kids that don't have those, those situations. And so uh, we want to be familiar with a variety of different ways uh, for us to discipline our kids. We want to be willing to try a variety of methods. We don't want to get discouraged if one thing doesn't work. And we want to be humble and seek wisdom from other people. So what are some of the different discipline tools uh, we want to have? First one is, is not really corrective at all, but it's just the whole notion of, of training. Sometimes our kids don't need to be disciplined. They just need more training. Especially we're talking here, kids who are two, three, four, they don't grasp things on one explanation. And as parents, sometimes we're better off, you know, the first time little David hits his brother, I probably don't want to wallop him. I probably want to take him inside and, and give him a little fatherly son talk about love and violence <laughs> and how a man shows affection to his brother. I might even do that the second time he hits his brother and maybe even the third time. Because kids, because they're kids. And we need to repeat and repeat and repeat. So before we we get upset with our kids and try to do some corrective discipline, we want to ask ourselves, did they really understand what I wanted them to do? And if not, I need to explain it again. Repeated lessons are often necessary. One of the, the little tricks that I learned early on in my parenting was get control of a kid's eyes. If you have the eyes, you have them. So when I'm 
if I'm talking with one of my little kids, well, my kids aren't little anymore, but when they were small, I would not let them be looking around while I'm talking. I would, David, look at me. Right here. And I wouldn't talk to my kids until I had that, that eye contact. You want to you gain control uh, of their attention. Um, you want to establish simple routines. We'll talk about picking up toys in a, in a minute. Uh, pick up toys the same way. Teach your kids to do the same thing over and over again. Routine is beauty. Uh, learning to do something, having patterns in our life is super helpful and especially for kids. Um, another discipline technique or tool is, to f is, is just to physically restrain our kids. Sometimes you don't need to, you don't need to give them a spanking. You, you just need to grab them and move them and talk to them. It can be very effective, especially when kids are, are, are little. Uh, most of us are bigger than our kids. We can actually pick them up, move them, and set them down. And we can do that in a, in a calm manner where we, we give them another little, a little lesson. You use your, your low, I mean business voice. Uh, it's, 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 it's a kind of a verbal uh, discipline. It can be very effective with young kids. Um, one thing with, with verbal discipline, those that, that use that technique, uh, it, can be, it can be very good if you can do it in the, you know, in our family, we don't do that, or Christian boys don't do it. If you can do it in that kind of a tone, is really good. If you drift into the when you do that, I don't love you, that's not good. You, you've crossed the line. The danger with, with verbal discipline is crossing that line into what I would call verbal abuse. So we need to remain calm. I'm, I'm really big, and, and, and Claire's heard this a number of times. I, I give her the, the, the Bertram speech. You know, the, this is how a Bertram acts. It's the way we do it. You know, and you can do that in a, in a calm but assertive uh, kind of way. And you've got to do that. You've got to give those kind of speeches on a regular basis when your kids are little. We have uh, consequential discipline. You do A, I do B. Or if A happens, B happens. Use that more as kids get a little bit older. But by the time they're three, they can understand consequences. If you don't pick up your toys before the timer goes off, you won't be able to play with them after dinner. If you don't complete your chores without complaining, I'll give you another one. It's a consequence. If you, if you do this, this will happen. And, that can, you know, and as our kids get older, the older our kids get, the more our discipline should be tied to consequences. The more they should learn that my behavior produces an effect. Can be a positive effect, can be a negative effect. Another form of discipline, another tool, is withdrawal of privileges. Not, again, it's probably used more when our kids are a little bit older. But even, even younger kids, 
you can take something away that causes a little discomfort, um, a favorite toy, uh, dessert, um, being able to go to a, a birthday party, uh, things like that. Um, another tool, another shovel, if you will, is the, the timeout or isolation uh, method. Uh, particularly helpful when you need to calm down. Um, give your kid a timeout <laughs> and take one yourself. Um, the goal, and again, you, you, the, the goal for timeout is, is actually to hopefully uh, give them a little space to think about what they're doing. Um, what happened that caused me to now get into this little place of isolation. Um, now, if your kid has a well-stocked bedroom, time out in the bedroom, that's not much punishment whatsoever. Uh, but, the, but the top stairs leading down to the basement, that can be a good spot. Uh, but where's that spot in the house that, it, it's kind of yucky, you really don't want to sit there too long. That, that's probably, that's probably the timeout spot you want to use. Uh, some parents um, are, are infamous for the, for the job jar uh, as a technique. Um, a jar containing slips of paper that have chores written on them. And, and your kids don't need to be able to read to know what a chore is. Uh, you can have a picture of toys. They get the idea. You can have a picture of a dish. You can have a picture of a wastebasket. You have a picture of a broom. I mean, those are all chores. Um, if you do this, you get to go to the, to, the, to the job jar, and you pick one up, and you got to do that. That's, that's your discipline. Um, if you're more you know, into civil rights, you could let them choose, pick three, and then choose which one of the three they want to do. Um, if you're, if, you're, if you're more Nazi, you can just, the one you pick is the one you do. Um, a few other training uh, strategies that, that parents have used um, with some success. Um, one is, re is rewards. Uh, some kids respond best to rewards. And so as, as you get to know your kids, those that respond to being rewarded, you can use that to your advantage. With this small caveat, make sure you're not teaching them that the only reason you do the right thing is to get a reward. But for some kids, the reward system can be really, really uh, helpful. Uh, ignoring attention Seeking behavior is a technique that some people use. Um, the kid comes up and is, is hanging on your, you know, mommy, 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 mommy. And, and some moms have just found the best thing they can do is just ignore it. And eventually they'll stop. Um, enough said. Um, re redirection is another technique where you actually just, you know, they're, they're writing with color crayons on the painted wall, and you take them <laughs> over and put them at the table right here. Okay, right here. And then after a little bit, okay, let's go get a sponge and clean up before Daddy gets home. Um, <laughs> just re redirection. Now those are those are all 
different discipline techniques or, or discipline tools, if you will, and we haven't yet talked about spanking. But now we'll talk about the controversial one. Uh, nobody ever argues about the, the first eight. Uh, everybody nods, oh yeah, yep, that, that, that could work. So, a few things about physical discipline. Uh, it's biblical. It's good to know. Uh, there's, there's many verses on physical discipline. I put a couple in your outline from Proverbs. Um, as Christians informed by God's word, uh, we, we, we can include spanking as one of our tools of discipline. It's not the only tool available, but it's one. Spanking is most effective as a deterrent to undesirable behavior in younger children. So if, if you're a family that chooses to spank, you're probably going to do it now while your kids are young. And when they're six, seven, eight, you, you're pretty much phasing it out. And by the time they hit 10, you're probably done and into, into other forms. So if, if you think that you want to use spanking as a technique, you want to use it when your kids are small. And then you want to phase it. You want to phase it out. Um, corporal punishment or, or a spanking, I think, should only be applied in the cases of your most serious offenses. You would never spank a kid for tracking mud across the carpet. You may choose to spank him for calling mom a big fat poopy or smacking their brother with intent to kill. Um, so if you're going to spank, you want to save it for those biggies, for those things where I really want to make an impression. Now, it's important that we keep in mind that spanking as a discipline tool is not the same as punishment. Punishment is when I'm pissed and I'm going to make you pay. That's punishment. Discipline is you've done something serious and I'm going to help you learn to not do that. And that's a huge difference. If we're going to spank, if you're going to use spanking as a technique, it has to be pretty much emotionless. If you're angry, frustrated, ticked off, pissed at your kids, you probably ought not use spanking because you're likely to move to a place where you're a little bit uh, out of control. I don't think a spanking should ever be a surprise. If you're going to use spanking, your kids should not be surprised. They should know because you've already told them, if you do this, I will do this. You understand. It shouldn't come out of the blue, like you've never spanked them and now motivated by this talk, tomorrow morning, the first thing they do, whack, they get a, they won't know where it came from. You, 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 you've, you, you've missed the, the value of the tool. Uh, they should know ahead of time. If A, then S, P, A, N, K. Um, here's part of the conversation that mom and dad should have. Are we going to spank? 
That's something that you need to figure out as mom and dad. Are you, as a mom and dad, are you going to spank? If you want to spank, that's okay with me. If you don't want to spank, that's okay with me. Are you going to spank? So that's question number one. Question number two, for what? For what kinds of things, if we're going to spank, for what kinds of things will we spank? Question number three, and how are we going to do it? What constitutes the proper spanking technique in our family? You should think about that. You know? I mean, not, 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 to be, not to be insulting or dumb, but like, is spanking two or ten? It, it'd be really good for you to agree on that ahead of time. Um, so, are we going to spank? If so, when? If so, how? Um, if you've decided that you're going to use spanking on a limited basis, and dad is administering a spanking, mom, you need to be supportive because you've already agreed. If you're having second thoughts, that's okay. Hold them until you're in private and then have another discussion. Don't undercut, and, and same way with dad, don't undercut one another in front of the kids. Unless the person is doing bodily injury, then yes, please intervene and save their life. But parental unity is, is super, super important. Um, spankings, if you're going to use them, they should be administered in private so as not to humiliate the kid. Uh, it should be administered to the child's behind. Um, you shouldn't be, you know, hitting them across the chest or slapping them up on the side of the face. Um, use the behind. Um, okay, fun example. Maybe not a fun example. So I got uh, Charlie. I don't have a, I don't have a kid named Charlie. Charlie says, "Mommy, you are a big fat poopy. You're a poopy, Mom. Big poopy. And I don't love you anymore, you big poopy." And Dad hears it. And dad comes in and says, Charlie, come over here. You will not talk to your mother like that. You will not call her a big poopy. That's not a spanking. That's a beating. Out of control. Impulsive. A spanking would be like this. I won't do the big poopy speech again. <laughs> Charlie over to the bedroom. Now, Charlie, we've talked about the importance of you respecting your mother. And you know that you can't call mom a big, fat poopy. That's disrespectful. And what did I tell you was going to happen if you called mom a poopy again? You were going to get spanking, right? Okay. Bend over. Whack, whack, whack. Two or three. Just enough to cause a sting, but not enough to cause a, a welt or a bruise. Kid cries. Look him in the eyes, get control of the eyes. Charlie, we're going to respect mom. Mom is the most important person in the world. You're not going to call her a big poopy ever again, or I'll have to spank you again. Do you understand? Now, Charlie, I want you to go over to mom and tell mom you're sorry. 
Remember how we told how, how to do that? Go to mom and say, Mom, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Charlie, can you do that? Yes, I can do that. All right, way to go, son. Son, I love you. You go make it right with mom. He goes off to mom. Less than a minute. The beauty of a spanking in situation is it's over and done with and life goes on. So if you can do that, like I just did it, under control, it can be really, really effective. And it's over. Every other form of discipline stretches out longer than that. Timeouts, consequences, almost everything else. Life is disrupted for a longer period of time. Now, now those things are all helpful tools. But the, the, the one beauty of a spanking is that it's pretty much over and done and life can, life can go on if you do it in the right kind of way. Um, okay, on your outline, well, let me, uh, last thing I'll say about um, physical discipline. There are some parents who should not spank. Okay? If you're short-tempered and prone to anger, you probably should not be a spanker because you're likely to lose it because kids make us lose it. So if, you're, if you know yourself well and you know I'm prone to really get ticked off, then you probably don't want to be someone who spanks. You also probably don't want to spank if you were physically abused when you were a kid because you're gonna have all sorts of internal t turmoil going on in your head. You're gonna be reliving your childhood and part of you is gonna hate what you're doing because you're associating it with what your dad or your mom did to you, which was improper. And so it's just gonna to be too emotionally traumatic. So use a different technique. You also shouldn't spank if your spouse is radically opposed. If one of you wants to be a spanker, and one of you says, absolutely not, never, then you ought not spank. You gotta be on the same page. With any of your discipline tools, you wanna make sure that you're on the same page. Um, in the outline, I think there's a little section on age-appropriate discipline, just give you some ideas for the different ages, what types of techniques you wanna use. Um, and then the last part, um, I mentioned four, um, common battlegrounds for parents with little kids. Uh, bedtime, diaper changing time, meal time, and picking up toys. There's some ideas there that you can look at and talk about, but these are the kinds of things that it's really helpful to talk about in your men's and women's group. To t ask each other, how do you get your kids to go to sleep? How do you get your kids to lay still when you're changing their diaper? How do you get your kids to not throw food? These are the things we can help each other with if we're willing and open to sharing about it and if we cannot be judgmental uh, about one another and, and, and each other's parenting. Parenting is tough enough uh, without having other people feel like other people are judging us, you know? Uh, but it's the most important thing that you and I can do. I've, I've said this before to probably to you and to other people. When I go to heaven, 
I'm convinced that the Lord's going to ask me two questions. First question, where's Mary? Second question, where's your kids? He's not going to ask me about CCR or net or my hockey prowess. <laughs> where's your wife or your spouse and where are your kids? Uh, that's the responsibility that we have. But it's a great privilege as well. You know? And doing it together uh, makes it all, all the more easier. So I'm going to stop. We've got about 10 minutes for questions, comments, rebuttal, critiques. Um, I may ask Mary to answer some things because she can give the womanly perspective. We've got Gerard and Monica who are well-tuned experts as well. David. I've had this since the first couple of minutes because it's the first line here. From Ephesians 6, in the middle where it says, Fathers, do not anger your children. Can you just talk a little more about that? Because my children, I mean, they, they'll get angry when you discipline them. So can you talk more about what that scripture is really getting at? I think, I think what, what Paul is, 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 is really getting at is uh, for, for us not to relate to our kids in a way that's demeaning and inflammatory. Um, when we discipline our kids, well, sometimes will they get angry? Yeah, perhaps. Um, I think if we do it right, more often than not, we shouldn't be arousing a lot of anger in ourselves or in them. So it may be we need to slow down a little bit and do a little bit more teaching before we, we move into discipline things. Um, that'd be one thing I would say. Mary, my counterbalance, anything you want to add? Okay. Two for one. Yes, go ahead. Just for the discipline and the like, corrective actions, is there, should it be administered as soon as it happens, or should it be like you chosen just one parent's fate? Maybe both agreed on it, but just the dad administers it. I'm not sure. I think the younger the child, the, the more immediate the consequence. Because a, a kid who's three won't remember two hours later, why am I getting spanked? Uh, whereas a kid who's older can remember that. So I think um, when our kids do something that's, that's of the really serious nature, I think the, the, the sooner the, the corrective consequence can be experienced, the better. Um, yeah. Excellent question. Yes, I don't, I, we didn't use our hand. Um, we used our hand when they were like nine months old. If they were squirming on the chain chain, we might, we might do a little, you know, lie still. Claire, come on. <laughs> Spanking was not really effective with Claire. Um, she was so brilliant that, that, that she could engage in intellectual conversations at a young age. So. We, we had, we, we used a, a, one of those little wooden mixing spoons. Um, in fact, one, I'm not sure if Mary did or one of the kids, they actually put a smiley face <laughs> on it. It was called the spanking spoon. It wasn't, and, and the, the, the cool thing about, about the spanking spoon is that you didn't always need to use it. You just needed to put it out on the table. <laughs> 
and all of a sudden the order was restored, <laughs> and you didn't do anything. So, yeah, normally I would, I would not encourage parents to use their bare hand for a spanking. Um, it can, some people do, and it's, it's not a mortal sin or anything, but I, I think we want to we have our hand associated with, 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 with love and touch and, and gentleness. Good question. Joe. Any suggestions for, uh, shall we say, group disorder? <laughs> multiple kids were misbehaving at the same time, there's only one parent there. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's, that's real life. That's real life when mom or dad are gone and the, and, and the other one is there. I, I think a um, couple of really quick thoughts, and, I'd, I'll, and I'll make Mary respond to this one. Um, there, are, there are some things, again, you, you just, for your own sanity, you need to, you need to ignore and, and just put up with and sort out later. So if it's not, if it's not like your top level, most serious stuff, sometimes you just, you do the best you can, and when mom and dad get home together, you, you sort it out. That option one. Option two, you all go to a separate space in the house, and you be quiet for two minutes. Option number three, we're all going to do the dishes together. If we can't get along when we're playing, we'll learn to get along when we're working. And so, Jimmy, you're washing. Sally, you, you dry and put away. Uh, Todd, you take out the garbage. And we're all, all going to do it together right now. And I don't want to hear any more complaining. So that'd be three quick thoughts. Yeah. And you can put them all in their own rooms too, but when they're really little, I think what you were suggesting is maybe for five, six, seven, when they can actually. Yeah. Good. Dennis, you had a thought? Well, you probably got some older ones at that point, so distraction and bribery. Yep. They just need to go outside, you know, run around the house holding hands ten times, and then you'll get a treat. You know? yeah. Distraction and throwing off energy. Yep. That's actually, that's a great point that, that Dennis just made. Uh, if, our, if our kids, especially if you have multiple kids at home, and they're really getting squirrely, run them. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I, mean, I mean, seriously, go outside, or if it's too cold to go outside, run the stairs. Just play some game where they have to expend energy. Because when you, when you run or play hard, you're not only getting tired physically, but your emotions are being diffused. Um, it's kind of like letting steam out of the teapot. Uh, so sometimes the best thing you can do is just, like with the, with the boys, one of the best things to do is just, just start a big rustling match. Um, chase them around the house. Go play hide and seek. Um, I wasn't as good with running the girls. <laughs> That's why you have a mother. <laughs> Mary, please take care, of the, take care of the daughters. Good questions. Great. Anybody else? Anything? Do you have any guidelines for when mercy is uh, appropriate or even helpful? Oh, sure. I think, I think mercy is always appropriate when there's some um, good reason. What would be good reasons? Um, you've, you've spanked the kids, you spanked the same kid three times uh, today, uh, probably going four 
may not be that great of a thing. Uh, the kid's been sick. Uh, you've been off your game. Um, kids are really affected by mom and dad breaking routine. And so if we allow our life to get crazy, we should not be surprised that our kids get crazy. And it's, it's really, rather than take it out on them, we need to sit down and figure out how can I get my life back in balance? I'm gone too much, mom's gone too much, we're running from this to that. We need to create some space and some peace in the house. So um, if, if you feel like it's just been a crazy time, if you've been gone a lot at work or traveling um, and, and you get home and the kids are, are a little bit goofy, that'd be a time where I'd, be, I'd probably lean towards mercy, realizing you know, part of this is my fault because I'm, I've, not been, I've not been here. Um, and, and I think, listen to the Lord. You know, I, I try to always say a little internal prayer before I discipline my kids. Lord, give me grace. Now, I was, I was, I was praying so I could just stay. I wanted to make it matter of fact. So I was praying, you know, Lord, help me not to be emotional. You know, especially if I saw them mistreating their mother, because that would get me really angry. That could get me really angry. It would inside, and I, you know, so I would. But there are times where the Lord might say to you, "Mark, let it go. Let it go. You know, take him outside and throw the ball." You know, so listening to the Lord, I think, is another important thing. Great. Time for some wine. Um, but I do, I, do, I do want to seriously go back to what I said in the very beginning. I, this will be the most fruitful if you as mom and dad talk about this stuff and make sure you've got a plan in mind uh, for the things that you know you're going to face. And then secondly, be open with one another, especially the people in your groups or your neighborhoods, and gain wisdom from each other's experience and support one another. Um, I, I remember, I'll, I'll end with this story. I remember the first time that I had a hard, disciplined decision to make. It was at church at St. Joe's. And one of our kids was old enough to know and totally understood that when we're in church, we're quiet and we don't make a lot of noise and we don't wiggle and all that kind of stuff. And I gave the, this particular child a number of, of warnings and finally said, if you keep doing this, I'm going to take you outside and give you a spanking. And of course, they kept doing it. So I picked this particular child up and started walking down the aisle. Half the congregation and the child was screaming, Daddy, Daddy, no! Half the congregation was looking at me like, child abuser. <laughs> and the other half was looking at me like, way to go, Dad. <laughs> I really appreciated those way to go, Dad. <laughs> we can be that uh, for one another um, as we go through this season of our life together. So be good friends and brothers to each other. Uh, one thing I want to use is just little pinches sometimes. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, is that kind of crossing the boundary? Of I haven't thought about that. 
I haven't thought about it. If you're okay with it, I'm okay with it. It's very subtle. 